0: I'd like to sing the other version of that song. So it's, it's the same song, same words. It goes like this. This little light of mine, do you know it? I'm gonna let it shine. It's okay. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All right. You are the special music today. Now we do have another song that is part of our ritual. Sing with me. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Father, we ask for your anointing. We ask that you empower us. We ask that we fulfill the potential that you have put within us. May we truly be light and salt. And may we have an impact on our communities for your glory alone. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. There is a picture up here of, and I'm assuming that's an accurate picture of, because it, uh, it accompanied an article that in 2012, in the summer of 2012, 57 cult members in Russia were found hiding underground now you wonder well how long could they live underground they had found that there were kids that were found that had never seen sunlight never seen sunlight so the debate came about Can people really live without light? Now, granted, they had some light in there. They would have candles and things like that. But can people live without light? And several of the articles that I read were actually, they can with with the proper diet, because sunlight specifically is known for what vitamin? Do you guys know? Vitamin D. And D helps the absorption of what of, of what element? Calcium. So it's been believed for hundreds of years that if you don't have sunlight or, or, a, or enough vitamin D, that things like rickets, if you've ever heard of rickets, I mean, we don't hear about them nowadays, but, but back when I was a kid, we'd hear about rickets, you know, bone deficiencies. It's believed that high blood pressure is, is attributed to too little sunlight, uh, Things like diabetes could be uh, attributed to having not enough sunlight. And there's this debate on how much light we need. I think we need sunlight. Actually, it's, it came to the, the debate came to an end that I know that maybe with food and diet you can supplement some of that. But without light, life is done, all right? Those plants that you're eating, even the eggs where you get some of your vitamin D, they need sunlight so that you could eat. So I'm going to go to this text that we've read several times here. And if you have your sword, your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And it's up there. And it says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, or in some of your translations, savor, how can it be made salty again? It no longer, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp uh, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and, give its, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm going to take this separately and then we're going to come together because I do believe, remember last week we had talked about Hebrew parallelism? Hebrew parallelism is that it says... The same thing with two different statements. Remember remember from Proverbs 9? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's the same statement, different words. It is my theory, and I'm stealing my own thunder, that salt and light, it's saying the same thing, just using two different words. But we're going to deal with salt first. Now, I don't know if you, how many of you, well, I'm not going to ask for hands, um, but if you read the teaser this week, you notice that salt was the root word of what word? The, the, what, was the, what was the main push there? Of what? Salary. Salary has its roots in salt because there was a time where salt was very valuable, You know now that salt, you can buy, especially if you go generic, you can buy a thing of salt, of iodized salt, for 50 cents. But back then, mining was not the same. It was not easy to mine then. So I was just reading that there are three main ways that we get salt now. By the way, does anybody know the country that produces the most salt within the world? Does anybody know? China, they produce the most of everything in the world, all right? (laughs) Including people. They produce the most. The U.S. is second, just barely behind them. Yeah, I know, I was amazed at that. There are three main ways. There's deep shaft mining, which is just like you would mine anything else, any other kind of mineral. There is solution mining, and then there is solar evaporation. I'm not going to go into those, but... They would all be easier with the technology we have. So, back in ancient times, salt was a lot harder to get, hence, more valuable, just like any other mined mineral. It was valuable and it meant something, even to the Hebrews. Can we go to the next, the, the first verse up there in Leviticus chapter 2? It says, a Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of your covenant of your God out of the grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. Actually, if you find out from Numbers and Second Chronicles, there are verses about a covenant of salt. And what it's believed to mean is that this is a perpetual, long-lasting covenant. But also, it was to purify a people. Your offerings were to be Purified. Let's read the next verse in 2 Kings. And, and many of you know this story. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And by the way, does anybody remember who this, there, there was bad water. Which, which prophet was this? Elisha, good. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says, I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death Or make the land unproductive. And it was good. Unto that day, Elisha healed water through salt. It was about purification. And then even in the New Testament, Colossians 4, 6 says this. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I was just exploring the word grace, which is chen in Hebrew. And chen, grace is a very abstract word to us. Grace and mercy, and I know we have these ideas in our head what grace and mercy means. But the word chen is found out that it can be translated or associated with words that that we probably know a little bit more concrete, like heal or help. Or raise up. Resurrect. He's saying, season your speech with healing words. Doesn't that mean a little bit? Sometimes when we say full of grace, that doesn't really have the concrete. Remember, Hebrew, even though this was written in Greek, they're writing Hebrew concepts. Remember, I am a Hebrew guy. Hebrew concepts Are concrete say healing words say words that raise people up maybe encourage would be a good word let's go to light we're just going to spend a minute with light light let's read the first verse the first verse you know this there have been songs written about this verse It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know if you have, I don't know if I said it here before, but it's believed that the Hebrews, what they would do is they would tie a candle when they would travel near the nighttime at sunset time and beyond, they would tie a candle to their sandals. Oh, that rhymes. They would tie a candle to their sandals to guide their path but it also would ward off things like snakes. Light guides and protects. Do you remember at night, what was, what was guiding the Israelites as they traveled? Yeah, fire, light. It kept them warm. It guided them. It also protected them. Let's read the next verse. Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. What does it contrast with? What is the contrast word of light? The the opposite. Darkness. Okay. Darkness is, is it said in here? Not in this text. You are correct scientifically, but what does it say? Whom shall I fear? Remember, Hebrews play on words. You are my light, so I have nothing to fear. The opposite of light is fear. What would life be like without fear? Let's read one more verse. John eight twelve says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Now, here the text says the opposite of light is darkness. Yeah, darkness is fear, and you know that. How many of you growing up were afraid of the dark? It's okay. We don't all have to be strong. I was afraid of the dark as an adult. When I first, when we first built, or built, when I first bought my first house, um, before we had gotten married, I was in in Pennsylvania just above Morgantown, uh, West Virginia. And I didn't buy a bed. The house that I bought was $58,000. 58, who can buy a house for $58,000? You can't buy it here. You can't buy a garage here for $58,000. But $58,000, I was only making per month 1400 a month for everything. But my mortgage with insurance, mortgage insurance was 457 a month, so that was pretty good. But I didn't even have a bed. All I had was a futon that my parents bought me when I was first going into college. And so what I would do is I used it as a couch and a bed. And it was and it sat right in my family room. But the challenge was that there were steps up to my front door and this huge window almost as big as those four put together right there. And I didn't have a curtain so sometimes I would swear that I would wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow just looking in my window. And I'm like, I do not like this. Well, eventually I bought a bed so I could sleep upstairs. Darkness does create fear because you don't know. We had a question at our game night a few, was it last week or two weeks ago? And the question was, would you rather live in a, in a room for a week With all light, never any darkness, or all darkness. It's totally pitch black for one week. And everybody, I think unanimously, light. I would rather sleep in light. Because you don't know with darkness. Darkness is scary. But like I said, Hebrew parallelism is saying the same thing. And I think a lot of times we take the salt text And the light text, and we separate them. But he says them with the same breath. You are salt and you are light. I actually want to read, and you can't see this anymore. This is my desire of ages that I got when I was baptized. And I want to read just a a small section of what she says. Remember, also the context is important. When she starts talking about you are the salt, she says, Ye are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, do not withdraw yourself from the world in order to escape persecution. Do you remember the last beatitude before he says you're the salt? He said, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake. And then immediately he says, and you are the salt. He's saying, happy are you if you don't take yourselves out of bad situations where you are persecuted. You are to abide among men that the savor of the divine love may be as salt to preserve the world from corruption. People out there need you. And sometimes we have found our, what I call our Adventist meccas, or, or sometimes people call them Adventist ghettos, where we try to huddle with each other and preserve ourselves from the world when. She says the opposite. If you do that, they are missing out. They need you. Actually, she says right here, I'm going to skip a couple sentences. Though the wicked know it not, they owe even the blessing of this life to the presence in the world of God's people whom they despise and oppress. But if Christians are such in name only They are like salt that has lost its savor. They have no influence for good in the world. Through their misrepresentation of God, they are worse than unbelievers. Yikes. And then she says, you are also the, the light of the world. The Jews thought to confine the benefits of salvation to their own nation, but Christ showed them that salvation is like sunshine. It belongs to the whole world. The religion of the Bible is not confined between the covers of a book nor within the walls of a church. It is not to be brought out occasionally for our own benefit and then to be carefully laid aside. It is to sanctify the daily life, to manifest itself in every business transaction and in all of our social relations. Light is to pervade our whole life. What comes to mind, and I'm going to call out somebody, is, I know I often tease this man, but Rod, I know that Rod is seasoned with salt and light. He is somebody that I would call the salt of the earth. I believe, because I've seen his interaction outside of these couple of hours here at church, I believe that he brings his saltiness and his light wherever he goes. And he works in a non-Christian environment. I am going to say that. Is that, is that accurate? Is he, are you in a non-Christian? Or do you feel that you are, are, over, your environment is overtly Christian? Probably not. It's Kraft Heinz. Okay, come on. There is nothing Christian about No, I'm just joking. And he sells Capri Sun. I say that knowing that you are a light where you are, and people are drawn to light. So I do want to share a couple of things. I don't want to drone on about this, but I want to share a couple of things that light and salt have in common. Number one, quickly, they are both needed for life. Can you live without light? No. Can you live without salt? No. I am a little bit of a nerd when it comes to biology and I was just sharing with Deb earlier. The favorite my favorite part of animal physiology was the nervous system. And I don't know if you know this, but within the nervous system, what keeps when you feel an impulse that goes from here when I touch a hot stove to here and then goes back is from sodium And potassium these negative and positive ions are moving along each nerve cell and jumping at super crazy speed can you imagine that so what it does is is you have it sodium moving and then potassium to balance it out all of this is happening super fast what a creator but if you don't have the proper amount of sodium things start to fail, like your nervous system. That is why we have things like Gatorade, where you can drink it, and they say you need to drink it because there's something inside of it. What are they? Electrolytes. They're salt. Salt, that's what it is. It gets salt back in your system. You need it for life. This is one thing. The next one is, is a thing that I think we struggle with. Salt in its purest form and light are both transparent. They are both transparent. Think about this. In space, you see mostly what? Light or darkness? Darkness. You actually do not see light. You see the source of light, but you do not see the wavelength or whatever you're going to call it whatever you want to define light as, you do not see each one or all of space would be lit up. What we see is what light bounces off of. The same with salt. It's believed that salt is transparent. Only we see it white because there's, case, uh, there's traces of calcium and magnesium within it, but otherwise it is transparent. I think Jesus wants us to hone in on this. Transparency is important. This is something the church, Christian church has struggled with. Transparency. We have come within these walls, we have dressed up, and we have been afraid to be transparent. And the world recognizes this. They have seen, and that's where these expressions, holier than thou, come from. Because we cannot be transparent. That's why I've loved youth ministry for so long. With youth, we can be transparent. Every year, every year, I I would have at least one youth come up to me and say, I'm struggling with something. Can we talk? And it, yeah, it's pornography. Or I'm cutting. Or any of these issues. But adults, man. And we are the example for the youth. We, what we do is we teach them, hey, you don't really want to put that out there. We actually want to sort of hide that kind of stuff. We don't say that. We, want to, we say you want to overcome that. But guess what? I'm assuming that we're not that much different from what's happening out there. That we've got our garbage also. But we can dress it up, make it look pretty. And we come here week after week. And we think, because as a kid, I used to think that. Wow, I wish I were part of that family. Because I know what my family's like. Oh, no, I I know there's chuckles, but I do know. My family from the outside looked good and people, I'm assuming, thought the same thing about us. But every Sabbath was a beast. I mean, dad throwing plates. I mean, just horrible, horrible days. But people would say, oh, your dad, he's so great. And I love my dad now, okay? I, I'm, that's water under the bridge. But I'm assuming, I'm hoping, well, I'm not hoping. I'm hoping that it isn't, but I'm assuming that my family was not the only one that was dysfunctional. But if we cannot be transparent, then people on the outside think, well, they're not real. They can't understand me. You don't know my pain. You don't know that I struggle with what I watch online. That's, it's scary stuff. I understand, because it leaves us vulnerable. And maybe the problem is, is when we find stuff like that, we say, oh, man, do you know what I, I heard that Gary does? Or do you know what I, I saw that Dan is, you know, who he was talking to? And we just... And so people don't want to be transparent because it hurts. Could you imagine if we did an experiment where we lived with each other for one year straight. Like say say we just took this church and for one year we decided we're all going to just live in this space. Do you know how much dirty laundry we would see? And we're afraid of that. But maybe the Lord is saying, until you can be transparent, you're not going to win the world, because light is transparent. Okay, next one. With its transparency, it accentuates its surroundings. It makes the surroundings better. That's what light and salt does. The reason you see what you see is because of light. I see that that's red. And some of us are colorblind, so that's a shame. But we see this because of the two, what are the two cells that, that, as a kid, you learn what these are. What are they in the back of your retina? The rods and the cones. And they show you. They show you shadows. They show you colors. Could you imagine if you didn't have those? It is because of light. You don't see the light. You see what is around you because of the light. Salt the same way. Could you imagine food without salt? By the way, sorry, little kid, there is salt in cereal, all right? There is salt in everything, all right? If it's processed, there's salt in it. Sorry to burst that kid's bubble. But salt accentuates the flavor of whatever you're cooking. But it isn't seen. You do not see every grain of salt. Maybe that's what we're supposed to do is to accentuate, to make our communities better. When people see you, they say, he makes his community better. And you guess, guess what? We don't have to tout about our community. Oh, well, my church does this. I don't need to tout about it. Because guess what? I just make my community better. Let's go to the next one. Number four, salt heals. We should be healing people, period. We, there are broken people all over. You know, the tradition teaches that in Hebrew times that some people would even swim in highly salty water for healing. Um, we... Even to this day, when I was growing up, my dad would say, if I had a sore throat, gargle this. You guys know how that is. Gargling salt water. But half the time, it would make me feel better. Half the time, it would make me gag. Depending on the salt. The next one is, it melts ice. Both do. I wonder if one of our calling is to help melt people that are cold. Maybe it's to to melt what's there, and just by our existence, we help people in their walk with Christ. Number six, next slide. It kills harmful things. Whether it be by dehydrating or what, but but it sterilizes. Now, there are better sterilizers now out there, but, but in Jesus' time, maybe he's just saying it sterilizes, it purifies. And the last thing I want to say is actually a negative. The negative thing that they have in common is that if there is too much of it, it's not good. None of us put a block of salt on our food. I, if you do, you might need to see a doctor. If you put a block or you have too much salt in one area, it isn't good. It's meant to be spread out. The same with light. You know how it is when you wake up in the morning, if somebody turns on the light, I don't know what kind of parent would do that to their kids. <laughs> but you know how you just don't adjust. Do you remember what, as Moses came down the mountain? What did they ask Moses to do? Veil your face. It's too much for me. Maybe at times we need to be careful of how lit we are (laughs) with people that have been in darkness for years. We need to be sensitive that their rods and their cones have not adjusted yet to the light so we veil it doesn't mean that we are any different we just take baby steps and it's important that we spread out and reach people for that cause I do wonder if Jesus had a little bit more in mind do you realize that it seems with salt and light that the effects are more important than who they are. Either God would make them see, you know, not transparent, but what's important is how they affect your senses. What we do on an everyday basis is more important than people seeing us as people, meaning what we own, what we wear, I also wonder if savor... So if we go to the next slide. Because remember, it says this. It says that if, if salt loses its saltiness, how can it made salty? Remember, Hebrew parallelism. And then in the light, it says this. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father. I do wonder if savor equals shining light if he's making a parallel there which are one thing it says there in the text good works do you have good works and this is not traditionally what we have thought with good works within our tribe of what you wear or what you eat maybe this is more like what matthew 25 says When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. And do you think those guys were actively trying to do this to earn God's favor? No, because what did they say? When did we do this? When did we do this to you? I don't remember. And he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Maybe that's the formula of how to be light and salt. Matthew 25. You do to the least of these what they need. And you will change a community. And ultimately, what and why do we do this? According to the text, we do it because it will make us happy. I know that the world has taught us that what makes us happy is what we get, but Jesus is saying what makes us happy is what we give. When you give, when you change the community by giving of yourself, you in turn will be happy. This is part of the Beatitudes, this is the Sermon on the Mount. You are the challenge is for you to be salt and to be light. And as our tradition is from the Lord to Moses to Aaron to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, anoint us. May we exist as salt and light. May our communities not be impacted. May they be impacted by our existence within them. May every business transaction we do, may every interaction we have at the store, at home, may it be transparent. May it be one that reflects you. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everybody.